Good morning and Happy New Year. My name is Fernanda Kane, and our lesson for January 1st, 2023 is Christ's love. Our lesson is based on Ephesians chapter 5 verses 21 through 33 and chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. But before we begin our study, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, holy is your word. We pray for wisdom as we prepare to read and study your word. Lord, help us not to lean to our own understanding, but in everything, acknowledge you so that you can direct our words, thoughts, and actions in the new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our aim for change. By the end of the lesson, we will review Mary's song, Praising God's Faithfulness, appreciate the faithfulness of God's people from generation to generation, and examine areas in our own lives where our faithfulness to God can be strengthened. The family was first instituted by God. He established the first marriage with Adam and Eve, then blessed them to be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 1 verse 28. God encouraged his people in both the Old and New Testaments to value strong family networks and live in harmony and peace with all loved ones. But while family relationships are important, we all know strong families don't just happen. Families need a strong foundation. The foundation of a building provides stability and strength. In homes, we often use wood, cement, or other sturdy materials for this foundation. The only foundation that will support a home and a family through the thick and thin, fires and flood, through the good times and bad times, through the disasters and the tragedies, is God and his eternal word. Our family should be built on solid rock, on God himself. In this lesson, we will see how serving one another in love creates an atmosphere where families can grow and thrive. Section 1, Wives and Their Submission to the Lord, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 21 through 24, the New International Version. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. What's important in these verses? Submit. Now, it's fair to say that that's not a popular word in today's society. This is the age of pride and loving yourself. You are important. You are great. The word submit strikes a raw nerve in many. Yet, when we read the Bible, we see this word often. It was used of Jesus in the past. It is used of Jesus in the future. It is used of children, wives, husbands, everyone. In our text, the word submit means to yield one's rights or to cooperate. This word does not imply slavish obedience or being silent in the home. It has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with inferiority. Submitting ourselves to one another implies humility. Some, submission is something that involves all of us as Christians. We all have an equal status in Christ. And so in so, all sorts of different ways and different circumstances, we all need to submit to one another. By God's design, it is proper for family members to show submission. As a child, Jesus submitted to his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. 
Biblical submission means seeing yourself as a servant of others, even though you may be more powerful or stronger than others. In verse 23, Paul explains that a wife should submit to her husband because he is the head of the wife and the family, just as Christ is the head of the church. In both the Old and New Testaments, the Bible uses the marriage relationship to picture the relationship between God and his people. Paul did not command or expect wives to be subject to or obey their husbands when the husbands wanted them to do something contrary to the will of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. Christ is the spiritual head of the church. He is the spiritual leader. Christ didn't just come to be a good man or a good moral teacher. Though he was the king of kings, he came as a servant and taught us to do the same. Jesus is the spiritual head of the church body because he showed us how to love and forgive others, how to live sacrificially toward others, and how to work only for the good of others. Jesus is the spiritual head of the church because Jesus is the guide and model that we are to follow. In marriage, God's design is that the husband is a godly leader and the wife submits to his leadership. God knows men and women well and he knows what works. He knows that they are different and he knows their core needs. There will be harmony in a marriage when both the husband and wife submit their lives to God. Marriage is teamwork. When both parties are looking to the Lord and are in a right relationship with him, then both should find happiness in serving and meeting the needs of each other. Section two, husbands and their submission to the Lord. Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 through 33. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. What's important in these verses? Paul now turns his attention to the husband. When a man and woman unite in a Christian marriage, they become one body. They are joined together at every level of their being so that whatever helps or hurts one influences the other. Paul charges the husband to love his wife. There are three kinds of love typically mentioned in the Bible. Eros, physical, sexual, romantic love, phylos, friendship or warm affection, and agape, unconditional or sacrificial. So which of these does Paul use to describe the type of love that a husband should have for his wife? Husbands might have eros or phyllis love for their wives, but they are to emphasize the agape, the Christ-like, above all. When there is true love between the husband and the wife, the needs of both are met. 
Husbands are to love their wives with God's kind of love, selfless, sacrificial, and unconditional. If a man wants to be a Christian husband, he must copy Jesus, not Archie Bunker. A husband with self-sacrificing love will demonstrate his love by seeking the best for his wife. People tend to regard their bodies as important and take care of them accordingly. Just as husbands loves, love their own bodies, they should also love their wives. When a husband and wife submit to each other, both win. When they love sacrificially and unconditionally, both win. Submission based on loving brings peace and harmony to the family. Paul used a true Christian marriage to illustrate the relationship Jesus Christ has with his church. The husband and wife should be one in their marriage, just as Christ and the church are one. A man should model this relationship with his bride after Christ's relationship with his bride. Christ loved the church even when it did not submit, did not love him in return, and disrespected him. Simply put, Christ loved the church even when she was unlovable. We the church, married or single, young or old, are the bride of Christ. Christ the bridegroom gave everything he had, including his own life. God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 We are part of the greatest love story ever told. Section 3 Children should be obedient and loved. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What's important in these verses? In chapter 5, we learn that husbands are declared by God to be the head of the family and are therefore responsible and accountable for what happens in the family. After discussing the husband-wife relationship, Paul now gives specific instructions to children. Children are to honor their father and their mother. What is the main way that children honor their parents? Well, it's more than obedience. It is obedience with a proper attitude towards one's parents. When we honor someone, we treat them with respect. Children must obey their parents as they obey the Lord. This means that submission to one's parents is the same thing as submission to God Almighty. Children must obey because it is part of their relationship with the Lord. Jesus obeyed his father all the way to the cross. The father's will for him was that he become a servant for all. It was God's will for Jesus to die on the cross at the hands of people who were falsely accusing him. They beat him and tore his flesh, but he still submitted. They nailed him to a cross, but he still submitted. And all of this, Jesus never sinned, but continued honoring and obeying his father. What is the result when you obey God by honoring and obeying your parents? You will enjoy a good life and a long life. God blesses those who properly honor and obey their parents. God always blesses those who honor him and keep his commandments. By the way, this command to honor our parents still holds true even when we grow to be adults. No age limit is specified, which leads us to believe that as long as our parents are alive, we should still honor and respect them, listen to them, and provide for them in their old age. Just as children have a responsibility to obey their parents, 
parents also have responsibilities to their children. A father's primary, primary obligation is to bring up his children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. God entrusted Jesus to Mary and Joseph. From the manger to the time of his appointed ministry, Joseph and Mary created a home where Jesus was enabled to become what God had designed him to be. Even though he sometimes baffled them, they trained and loved him. It is the parent's responsibility to teach their children to obey. When a child learns to obey uh, mom and dad, it is much easier for them to obey God. Parents that do not train their children in obedience are inadvertently training them to rebel against God. Unfortunately, the reality is that not all parents treat their children well. The ways that parents commonly provoke or exasperate their children include erratic behavior, quick temper, inconsistency with rules and discipline, being uninvolved at home, neglect, and various forms of mental, emotional, and physical abuse. Fathers and mothers, your words and actions can either help or harm your children, so choose wisely. Parents have a direct influence on their children. They listen to what you say, but more importantly, they watch what you do. Children need to see us praying, reading the Bible, and hear us talk about God. Under the Lord's guidance, parents prepare children for success in both the Christian and secular communities. Our children are the future of the church and our nation. The focus of this lesson has been on God's plan for spiritually healthy families. God laid out specific principles for a loving, harmonious family life. Paul says a committed relationship must be sought in which husbands, wives, and children love, honor, and respect both God and one another. When we live according to these principles, a godly family is a result. Whatever the makeup of your family, the principle of today's scriptures apply. It doesn't matter if you're single or married, if you live alone or in an extended family situation. Romans 12.10 tells us, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Followers of Jesus are not only to love and submit to Jesus, but they are to love and submit to one another. So how can you, as a member of this congregation, submit to your fellow Christians? How can you submit to others at your job, in your commute, as you go to the movies, or play sports, or go to school? Because our Savior lived and died to free us from sin and death, we are now free to sacrifice and submit to one another, supporting people in any and every part of our lives in reverence for Christ. Let us pray. Father, thank you for creating the family. Forgive us when we are poor illustrations to the world of Christ's love for the church. Empower us with your spirit that we will love one another with the sacrificial love that you demonstrated when you were on this earth. Help us to live in such a way that our children will want to follow our Lord Jesus. In his name, we pray, amen.